Yo, what's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the 195 Stamps Podcast. The only podcast where two of your favorite travel enthusiasts get together and discuss the finer points of travel. Alright, so today it's only one of your favorite travel enthusiasts. B-Joy has some personal stuff he had to handle, so he'll be back in January. But until then, you get me. Alright, so today I'm talking about my birthday trip to Whistler. I know we talked about birthday trips a little earlier in the season, but we're running it back for for our ski enthusiasts. So I'm talking about where I stayed and some of the uh, ski runs I went on, uh, restaurants out there, how to get there, how to navigate around Whistler. There's something here for everybody, whether you're a beginner, whether you're an intermediate, or whether you are advanced, or you just want to go to the resort and kick it for a little bit, all right? Make sure you check out the IG 195 stamps for more details. Let's get into it. Yo, what's going on everybody? Happy holidays. I'm recording this about a week before Christmas, which coincidentally means it's about a week after my birthday. So I just turned the big 3232. Um, not really a milestone birthday, but I mean, I'm 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 well situated in my thirties now, which is crazy because like I still like to do a lot of the same shit that I like to do when I was in my twenties, and shit. So I'm a little bit in my late teens. I don't know if that's scary, or if that just means I'm remaining consistent. But anyway, if you follow me on social media, Instagram, uh, yeah, that's really the only one I use. Then, you know, I just came back from Whistler. Uh, for those who, who aren't familiar, Whistler is about two hours north of Vancouver. It sits on the uh, west side of, of Canada over in British Columbia. It's a ski town. It's a real dope place, man. Real dope place. But see, the, the, the thing that I, the, about Whistler that even though it's dope is... A little bit concerning is this a bitch to get to and coming from Atlanta you would expect since we have Delta here that you know you'd be able to get a a direct flight uh, from Atlanta to Vancouver but I guess because of seasonality uh, Delta does not fly direct to Vancouver from Atlanta and what I saw not even Air Canada did as well like there was really no carrier that was flying direct. Everybody was either stopping in Toronto or going over, you know, somewhere in the West Coast, L.A., Seattle, Salt Lake, whatever. And then you have to catch a connection from there. And that's what I did. You know, I went to the airport, you know, last Monday, hopped on my flight, you know, not too bad. A few hours from here to L.A., chilled in L.A. for a little minute, took that connection on up from from uh, L.A. up to Vancouver, and and from that from that L.A. to Vancouver, that was the first time I actually flew WestJet. So WestJet is a Canadian carrier I was not familiar with until I was about to get on the plane. But WestJet ain't bad, you know. They got a nice little little fleet of planes. The uh, the seat I had I had a coach seat. There was no real first class on WestJet. So if you you know if you really just accustomed to balling, then WestJet is not the the airline for you. But anyway, so I hop on the WestJet flight, uh, a little smooth two hours, two and a half, up to Vancouver from L.A. And as is the case with most non-U.S. carriers, 
you get a lot of leg room. You know, it really wasn't bad. I, I really enjoyed, you know, the ability to actually move my, my, my knees and almost halfway extend them, which is something you don't get when you fly in, you know, Delta, American, you know, most of these American carriers, unless you, you know, pay in a little bit more for the, you know, first class or economy comfort premium, whatever they want to call it. But, you know, quick service on up to, to Vancouver, hop off the plane in Vancouver, uh, head over. I booked this, the shuttle. Like I said, Vancouver is around two hours away from Whistler. So land in Vancouver, booked the shuttle, uh, Pacific Coast shuttle or something like that. I don't know, I'll get back to them a little later because we had a little misadventure. Uh, when we was coming back. But anyway, so take them on up to, to Vancouver. And it's real easy to find them in the airport. Like as soon as you come down the arrivals, uh, terminal, escalator, whatever, they have a booth that sits kind of right diagonal. As soon as you walk out the door, you go there, uh, get your tags, boom, hop out the door, bus a left, and the bus is right there waiting on you. Bus has Wi-Fi. It's clean. You know, driver was good. Everybody was out like a light. The bus was probably about a quarter of the way full going down there. And it wasn't that bad. It was around uh, $9,800 round trip, you know, from uh, the Vancouver airport on over to uh, to Whistler. And that wasn't bad. So, you know, we on the bus. I pretty much go to sleep because it's been a long-ass day. And we get to Whistler uh, about 7, 15 in the in the evening, hop out, and it takes you to like this. Whistler's kind of it's, it's interesting because they have a a bus terminal, so you pull into this little bus terminal part, and from there you hop onto like the you know a smaller in like a van. You hop in like the Beyonce Sprinter van, and then they take you and everybody else to your respective hotels. So you know we hop in the Sprinter. I'm feeling real rapper like. Take me on over to the hotel. I, you know, this is my birthday trip, so I splurged a little bit. I was in the Four Seasons Whistler. Real nice property. I mean, as you would think with the Four Seasons, no surprise there. Real nice property. Pull up, hop out, you know, checking in. They even give you, it's so good. They give you like a little uh, little cup of this this apple cider that they got there. Uh, good. I'm trying to figure out how I can recreate it myself. Good. A little nice hot apple cider. You know, it's the little things that count. You know, that level of service, that's that's what you would expect from a Four Seasons. Nothing less, right? So, <clears throat> pull up to the Four Seasons, get my uh, nice little complimentary hot, delicious cider, head on up to the room, and walk in the room. And it's pretty nice. Like, as you would think, this is my first time ever staying in the Four Seasons because I ain't got like that. But, you know, I walk in the room. It's dope. It's uh, it's it's not really modern. It's more of like a classic uh, type of type of decor. What you would expect when staying somewhere like in the, you know, in the wilderness, in the woods, in like a, a ski lodge town. A lot of a lot of wood, a lot of dark dark tones, earth tones, that type of stuff, right? So you know, you get in there and it's nice. Uh, real huge bathroom. They got the jacuzzi tub walk-in shower, uh, separate room for the, the toilet. Then you walk across the little, uh, small little foyer hallway area. Yeah, the, the hotel room had a, 
a foyer and a hallway. I think I've almost made it. Uh, I'm just waiting for the, the hotel room with the butler. <laughs> but so the dope part was I had a walk in closet, not like a if you try hard enough, you can walk in closet like a legit. It had its own like light and seat walk in closet, which was dope. You know, be able to hang your stuff up, walk in there, especially, you know, with your ski shit. After a long day, it might be kind of wet still. You don't want to just put it on the couch. You don't want to put it over the back of the chair. You know, you can kind of hang it up in its own little area. So, you know, room is real nice. Uh, you know, can't really complain there. So, first day, fast forward on the slopes. You know, I'm I'm an amateur ski uh, snowboarder. I'm not the best. I'm not the worst. I don't really fall down the mountain. But, you know, I, I can get out there and, and get out there a little bit. So, get down to uh, the base of the mountain. And the thing with the Four Seasons that's dope is they have a shuttle that'll take you. In the Four Seasons, the Fairmont, uh, which is another really nice hotel, Fairmont Chateau, I think. And it's not that far from the uh, from where I was staying in the Four Seasons. They're all pretty much in the same concentrated area, really close to the base of uh, the the mountains. But they have shuttles that take you around, so... You know, shuttle takes me over to uh, the, uh, the the base of the mountain, hop out, you know, got my snowboard with me. I just bought it, so I'm looking forward to being able to put it on the mountain for the first time. I take it over and get it waxed. Uh, it's not something you do want to do. If you're just getting some skis and snowboards, you definitely want to take them over to get tuned and waxed before you before you put them on the mountain. So anyway, it wasn't too, <coughs> excuse me, it wasn't too crowded. For this day, for whatever reason, I mean, it was a Tuesday, but you know, hop on the on the gondola, head over, you know, hop out uh, at the top of the at the top of the mountain. Beautiful scenery, of course. You know, take my first little green run down. You know, just to warm the legs up. It's the first day of the season. I don't want to just hop right into the, to the intermediate runs because you know it's been a while. I've been since January, about a year. You know, you want to ease into it a little bit. Hop out there, you know. Ski down, snowboard down a little bit. It's real dope. It's real dope. But see, the thing is, for anybody that is looking to go to uh, Whistler, if you you know if you ski a little bit, if you snowboard a little bit, whatever, and you are a bit better than a green run, Black Home Mountain isn't necessarily mountain for you. Uh, so let me back up. They got two mountains there, which are pretty much side by side. They're connected. By a cable car, uh, Blackcomb Mountain and Whistler Mountain. Blackcomb Mountain is an intermediate mountain, and it has signs and stuff up. And of course, they still have green runs there, because uh, I guess you know they probably have to. But the <laughs> the green runs there, I'm not gonna lie, they trash. They're pretty much just a bunch of straightaways with like curves. You don't really get any any mountain uh, feel. It's just it it's it's boring. So if you are a beginner, you're not super strong, you know, on your on your ski skills, don't really worry about hitting uh black cone quite yet. Work your way up to that. That's that's you know, that's that's advanced. Just chill. Go over to uh to Whistler, start there. Cause you start on black cone, you're gonna be mad, a little disappointed, you're just gonna be falling down a mountain, you got a little too much dip on your chip, chill. Do that one next time. Go over to Whistler first and hit the Whistler uh, Mountain because the green and blue uh, runs over there. 
fairly, uh, you know, I wouldn't say easy. They're, they're kind of challenging, but you get a little bit more for, for what you're doing out there. Now, with that, those mountains are a little bit more, that mountain is a little bit more crowded than Blackcomb, but, I mean, nothing nothing ridiculous. It's uh, it's still very manageable. So, you know, I get out there, do my thing on the mountain or whatever. You know, come back in. I'm like, all right, cool. Check out the... Uh, Check out the ski valet, because that's another thing the Four Seasons said they offer is a ski valet, right? So, I know what a ski valet is, and pretty much damn sure still don't, because I go to the bottom mountain, I'm looking for this ski valet, can't find it for shit. Come to find out, the ski valet is on, like, another part of the mountain, and what they'll do is they'll take your, your skis or snowboard for you, they slap a little sticker on it with your name, um, how long you staying at the hotel, and you don't have to worry about, you know, going over and keeping the skis in your room, them getting wet, you know, hopping on and off the uh, the shuttle with it or anything like that. You know, the valet guy take your skis for you at the end of the day, and then you just hop on the shuttle, pick them up uh, before you go up on the mountain. Sounds good enough. The only problem is the uh, part of the mountain where they have the ski valet, like that lift isn't open yet. So it's kind of, in my estimation, it's kind of a waste. It was like a waste of time. Because I got to hop off, give you the dude the thing, where I can just keep him in my room. Like I said, I got that big-ass walk-in closet. I can just throw the snowboard, you know, in the corner um, and, and let it chill over there. But at the time of recording this, I'm pretty sure that that other uh, – Lift has opened, so you know it, you shouldn't have a problem. But that was for me. I was like, yeah, you know, I might as well just hold on to it. But anyway, so day one was cool. Got out there, uh, got to get really back in snowboard uh, on my snowboard that I just bought, which was dope. You know, like I said, I'm not finna go out and be in the Winter Olympics next year, the X Games, and no shit like that. But you know, it was good to get out there on my own stuff. So went back, changed hit the little city, and what's cool about Whistler and really a lot of towns <coughs> excuse me, that are similar to Whistler, and what I mean similar is like little, you know, mountain, lodgy towns, which is like one main street, you know, and it's kind of kind of old-timey, reminds you of like a western or something like that. One thing that's cool is that, you know, all the... All the stuff to do is really on a few concentrated, like, streets and areas. So I walked around, you know, checked out a couple restaurants. There is, excuse me, there are a few places there that, you know, you definitely need to check out. Um, Now, of course, this goes without saying, it's lily white. Ain't no black folks. I think at the end of day one, my count was one, and that was me. At the end of day two, my count went up to five, so I was pretty happy about that. You know, I saw five times as many as the day before, so I couldn't complain. But, you know, uh, walked around, took a few pictures, nothing major. Uh, you know, the, the food scene out there, maybe I just wasn't going to the right places, but, like, just the chill, relaxed food that I had, eh, it was okay. Nothing really to, to, to brag about. Uh, if you like steaks... Um, they have a huge uh, steak house um, like scene there. It's a couple places people were telling me about 
one called Highs, uh, H-Y apostrophe S, Highs Steakhouse out there. It was supposed to be really good. Uh, and then there were a couple others, you know, scattered in the little downtown Whistler area uh, that looked like they were pretty good. So, you know, day two, get back on the mountain, you know, it's fine. And I go up, and this time I'm like, all right, I'm going to do black comb. I, you know, got my got my feet up under me a little bit. So let me go ahead and try black comb, get some of the intermediate runs. So get some of the intermediate runs in, and eh, it's, it's, it's touch and go at some points. So I decide, you know what, I'm going to go back over to Whistler for a minute, check that out. So this is my last day skiing, snowboarding, excuse me. So get on the gondola, head up there, hop off, and I see that there's a dude uh, taking pictures. He works for, like, the mountain, right? It's a team of a few dudes. They take pictures um, in front of, like, you know, a little scenery, and, of course, they're going to sell them to you uh, later. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's my birthday. Yeah, starting to take these a little bit more serious now. Uh, I'll do some things I haven't usually done before. I'll take the little picture whatever, and then once I get to the bottom, I'll go ahead and scoop it. So dude, you know, pose me up in front of a few places, take the picture, whatever, whatever. They come out looking straight. I'm like, all right, you know, I get this car. It tells me to go down there, pick the pictures up like after 3.30. Cool. So I get down there at the end of the day, and I'm about to go on a snowmobile tour in like the Canadian like backcountry. So I'm looking forward to that. And the, the photography place is right next to where the uh, the ski, excuse me, the, the, uh, backcountry snowmobile, snowmobile thing is. So I'm like, all right, two birds and one stone. I'm gonna just go over there, you know, knock this out. Bro, tell me why I get over there. And he's taken maybe three or four pictures. The first package to buy these pictures started at like $140. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even look all that good. Like, I, a hundred, what? A hundred? Eight by tens wallet size? Nigga, I don't want that. So I was like, you know what? It's one picture that I was feeling. I was standing on the, like, basically the, the side. It had a nice little scenery. Had the Olympic rings in the background that they had put up there. You know, some mountains, clouds. Looked dope. I was like, all right, bro. Like, I'm not, y'all not about to finesse me out of $140. So what about this one picture right here? I think that looks pretty good. You know what this man told me? This man looked me dead in my eye and told me for that one picture, it was going to be $70. Seven zero dollars. Man, I wanted to, I just, I started to take my phone out and just take a picture of the picture and be like, nah, I'm straight, bro. But I didn't do that. I ain't do I ain't want to cause a scene, you know, I'm the only black person. I ain't want to fuck it up for everybody else. So I was like, all right, y'all have a good one. No way in hell I was paying $70 for see a, pic- a picture of myself. I'm going to pay you. <laughs> Shit. Nah. So if you up on the Whistler Mountain and you see the dudes in the yellow coats, be prepared to come out your pocket because they're going to tax you. All right. Now, if you, you know, you so inclined, you got the kids up there, you with your, you know, you with your girl, you with your dude, y'all doing a little cute little vacation family thing. Mm-mm. Go ahead, drop that. But for me, no way in hell. Wasn't doing it. So I head over to the uh, right next door to the Canadian spot where we about to go on the snowmobile tour. Go wait outside. You know, snowmobile tour is supposed to last a few hours. And they're like, all right, just wait over there because we're going to put you on a bus. And the bus is going to be around 30 minutes 
up to this little cabin we got in the woods. And from there, that's where you pick up the snowmobiles and head out. So I'm like, all right, cool. So go stand over in the little designated waiting spot, chilling over there. And the guy comes up. He's like, hey, if you go on snowmobile and follow me. So we started walking. <laughs> and so this guy, shit, this guy comes over. He's like, yo, I'm with the snowmobile tour. And keep in mind, everybody is dressed to go like snowmobiling because why wouldn't you be? It's a snowmobile tour. My man's is British, black British dude, pops up, busting y'all niggas' heads. Came through with the, 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 the black skinny jeans, all red 12s, the Canada Goose hood with the fur standard, little sweater, and the Gucci scarf. But no, 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 not the winter Gucci scarf, not the wool joint. He got like the summer silk, you know, tie your head, tie your waves down uh, Gucci scarf. And I don't know what he was finna do with that, but he got it. And some like Nike workout gloves with the fingers out. So I don't know what he was planning to do, but he knew he was killing y'all ass. So, you know, we hop on the bus, head up to the spot. And actually his outfit wasn't even, you know, that inappropriate because they give you when you go on these uh, these snowmobile tours, they give you, like, clothes to wear just to make sure that you're, you know, you properly covered. Now, you can wear your own ski pants, your own ski jacket, but they give you boots. Like, yo, you got to wear these boots. And they give you your own gloves with, uh, like, the individual fingers. You can't wear mitts. So, and oh, and, like, a helmet, goggles, you know, all the standard safety stuff. So, we get out, head on on this tour. You know, they teach you some of the safety stuff, how to turn, how to brake, you know, how to signal if you're in trouble, what to look for, this, that, and the third. So we go, and it's a cool little tour. We, you know, swerve around a little bit, driving, turn, you know, one way, go up some hills, take some pictures, you know, all the little stuff. So, you know, we pull back in to the uh, to the cabin where they, they keep the, the snowmobiles and stuff. So everybody's getting undressed, and so your man's... Uh, we're going to call him Gucci Scarf. So your man's Gucci Scarf was like, yo, uh, can I get a picture from my Snap? And so I'm looking around like, I know damn well he ain't asking me to take a picture with a Snapchat. But nah, he was talking to talking to one of the other dudes that worked there. And the dude that worked there was like, uh, yeah, I guess. So this man done curated, went outside and curated himself a whole photo shoot. He was his own muse. I'm talking about he's sitting on the snowboard one, I mean, snowmobile one way, looking back over his shoulder like a bad bitch. He's sitting on the snow, snowmobile another way. He done revved the engine. Like, he, he's doing the most. So the guy's telling him, like, yo, we got to get back. He's like, all right, just a couple more. So now he done tied the Gucci scarf around his head like a do-rag. Uh, he, he, really, he looked like Mary J. Blige, is what we, if we're being honest. When Mary be having the little doobies around, yeah, that's what he looked like. Stupid as shit. And if you know, if you hear this, know you look dumb as hell. I don't know how what our London listener uh, count is like, but you know who you are. If you was out there on Whistler, you look dumb as hell. So anyway, you know he takes the pictures or whatever, and we finally get back on the road, head back down. It's snowing hard as hell. And we get back to the to the uh, to the base of the mountain. I hop in the shuttle, go back to the hotel, you know, change a little bit. And I'm like, all right, today's my birthday. I'm going to go out and enjoy myself. 
So go down to the bar, have a couple drinks down there, talk to the bartender, a couple people. Everything's real cool, man. Everything's real cool. Now this is but but one thing that 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 bothers me, not even bothers me. Why do people feel the need to impose their politics on you unasked? And I think it's, I think it's really interesting, especially when uh, they know that their politics are quote unquote divisive. And you know, by divisive, uh, you know, good or bad, really, you know, you know who I'm talking about, that one figure that when you bring him up, uh, everybody has a visceral reaction uh, to him, or they have a visceral reaction to you not having a loving reaction to him. Uh, but you know, couples down there, a uh, little lady brought up, you brought up your boy Trump, you know, talking about how he done, done such a good job. Everybody else just kind of standing around like, eh, well, you know, if you say so. Uh, and I felt like at that point she could read the room and knew that this wasn't her crowd. That material wasn't going to land how she thought it was. And then she went on ahead and, 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 uh, made an excuse and walked out. But yeah, that's, you know. I don't understand really how you come up there thinking that your Trump shit is really about is about what to get the conversation popped off with some strangers. But um, yeah, more more power to you, I guess. Like you you need to chill with that though. So you know, get my couple drinks, have a few conversations with some strangers. It's all good. Then I'm like, you know, I'm you know get some dinner a little bit, go somewhere, treat myself somewhere nice. Now there's a spot up there. If you're ever in the Whistler area, and again, I would recommend it. It's called 21 Steps. It's a nice little restaurant vibe. It overlooks kind of the, the downtown area. Nice bar, nice little uh, dining area in there. Really good food. Bartenders are real cool. Wait staff is real cool. Went up there. Entree, dinner, <laughs> dessert. You know, a couple of drinks. <clears throat> it was straight, man. It was, it was a really good... A really good way to bring in 32. So if you're ever in Whistler, please make sure you check out uh, 21 Steps. It's, it's a really nice restaurant. So, you know, <laughs> do that. Like, all right, you know, I've got a little buzz going. Like, you know, I'm going to just go back to the hotel. I don't want to miss this bus in the morning because I'm leaving the next day. And I still need to pack. So I'm going to just go back and do all that. So head back to the hotel, pack a little bit, go to sleep, right? Wake up in the morning. Get my shit together, head out, go back to get on the bus, right? So <clears throat> we get to the bus area, and you know, it's pretty early. Bus leaves at nine. We get there around 8 50 or something like that. So throw your stuff on the bus. Bus driver's like, all right, you know, let's head out. It should be around three hours until we get back to um, Vancouver. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm cutting it kind of tight at this point, right? Because three hours. From 9, that gives you 12. My flight leaves at like 125. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting it close. Get to uh, on the road. We on the bus, we rolling. About 30 minutes in, bus driver pulls over. And he's like, yeah, um, my computer needs to be reset. So, you know, let me pull over and reset it real quick. You know, reset it. All right, whatever. So he goes and resets the computer. It's all well and good, so we thought. We hop back on the road. 
Man, we go about maybe half a mile. He pulls into a uh, shopping center. He's like, yeah, folks, the computer system is messed up. I can only go up to third gear, and I can't go in reverse. We pretty much far in the country, and them sending another bus is going to take a while, so we're just going to keep it pushing. And I'm like, all right, well, shit, we done already lost about 20 minutes pulling over for this damn bus, and I'm not, I was tutting it tight already. So at this point, we need to keep it rolling. So, boom, we hit the highway. Everything is fine. We get into Vancouver. And to get to the Vancouver airport when you're coming from Whistler, you essentially have to go through the heart of downtown Vancouver. So we're going through the heart of downtown Vancouver. You know, standard downtown area. A lot of shops, businesses, restaurants, all that type of stuff. People walking around, going to work and shit. So we're going up this hill. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, if your transmission is, is fucking up, this hill might not be the best thing for us to, to go through. And, yeah, I was, I was right. I, I was right. We are downtown. We're trying to go up a hill. He's giving it all the gas it got. Bus ain't moving. It's, it's, it's pretty much just staying stagnant on this hill. It's like it wants to, but it can't. So... We then have to block traffic, have the damn bus put in neutral. He slam it up on the sidewalk, essentially. Comes back on, it's like, yeah, uh, so obviously you all won't be getting to the airport. And, you know, if you got an early flight, you might want to hop a cab. So I'm looking at it like, you got to be shitting me. Hop on the... uh, Hop on off the bus, grab my stuff, actually flag down a cab, throw my shit in there, mad dash to the airport, you know, get there with enough time. Gate agent's like, yo, another five minutes, and you would have been SOL. We wouldn't be able to shake this bag. So I'm like, phew. Because, you know, with international flights, I believe it's 45 minutes to an hour before departure, and they, they won't check it. I think with domestic, it's about 30 minutes. Uh, but yeah, international flights, if you get there inside of that, excuse me, outside of that window, like they ain't checking your shit. So get there, go through security, which took forever. The, I think the security dude must have been new or he just took like way too much pride in in his work. Now, I know what you're thinking. Evan, he looks at the x-ray machine Shouldn't he be taking a long time? Not like this, though. He was taking, like, three, five minutes per bag. Like, bro, like, look for, look, read your keys. If they're not there, keep it moving. You don't need to just keep hitting the, the you don't need to keep alt-tabbing between screens, bro. Ain't no, ain't no hazardous materials. People just want to go home. Stop, quit playing with me. So... You know, basically had a little internal fight with the dude at TSA. Because you can really never, you know, I talked about this before with Mijo. You can really never have a disagreement with TSA. It it will not end well for you. Because at the end of the day, you come out looking like, you know, a quasi-terrorist. And he's out there looking like the hero getting high fives from all his other TSA homies. Like, yep, just took down another one. So, nah, you don't want to do that. Chill. So, basically, because of this dude taking so fucking long scanning everybody's bags. I got to run to my damn gate, get there just in the, 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 the nick of time. 
hop on, you know, we head over. Our connection was in Seattle on the way back. So, you know, hopped in Seattle, from Seattle on over to Atlanta, no more problems. You know, so it was, all in all, it was a good trip, man. I would definitely say make sure you head over to to Whistler if you get the chance. Definitely if you live somewhere where they have a direct flight to Vancouver, take that because you don't want a long travel day. Like, that shit sucks. You get there, you don't want to do nothing. The next day you wake up, you're still kind of like, eh, I'm kind of tired from my travel yesterday. But, yeah, if you can get a direct flight over to Vancouver, do that. So, you know, make sure that you uh, get that direct flight, like I said. Also, make sure uh, when you're down there that you have uh, enough Canadian money. uh, to. You know, a lot of places take, you know, of course, take cards. But, you know, you want to make sure, especially when you're going somewhere that's heavy uh, in the service industry like that, you know, you want to be able to throw people a little cash tips. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they would have taken dollars. But, you know, when you go into restaurants, when you at the bar or whatever, you're trying to tip somebody, I'm sure they prefer uh, their, their local Canadian money. And, you know, also make sure you leave enough time in between when you're supposed to get to the airport and when your flight leaves. Don't, don't end up like me. Don't end up like me. Be better than me. All right, so you know that's 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 Whistler in a nutshell. All right, if you got any more questions about Whistler, you know skiing in general, snowboarding, any of that, you know don't hesitate. Shoot me an email. Uh, hit me up on social media uh, at Instagram one nine five dot stamps. Email address uh, Evan at one nine five stamps dot com or one nine five stamps at gmail dot com. You can hit either of those. Uh, and I'll respond to you. But all right, I'll talk to y'all later.